Raven's Veil is a dark fantasy horror anthology podcast that may contain explicit language and thematic elements not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Raven's Veil, a dark fantasy horror anthology podcast set in the shadowy world of the Deep South, a convergent reality situated around what most of humanity has accepted as reality. Obscured from human eyes, Raven's Veil is a mystical sanctuary intended to preserve the existence of its immortal inhabitants. The Macquarie, commonly referred to as witches, have been hunted since before written history. The witches of the Highlands fled persecution to a new land that would come to be known as Appalachia. In these parts, you should always be leery of the things that scare witches. The veil is thin tonight, family. Let's see what darkness lies beyond. Well, hey there, family. We're awfully glad to see you today. Thank y'all so much for all the kind words and messages about our last episode, Sybil Shroud. We know it's been a little while longer than you might have liked, but the old COVID plague has had some of our cast and crew down with the heebie-jeebies, making it impossible to get this episode out until now. So begging y'all's pardon, if you would, send us some of those good vibes so we can get y'all caught up. We appreciate the love and kindness y'all have given us so far. Our hearts are mighty touched by y'all enjoying the start of getting acquainted with Miss Sybil. She's quite a character, ain't she? Well, y'all will get a little more acquainted with her as time goes on, but I reckon we kind of left her in a big old mess now, didn't we? So settle down now, family, and listen up. It's no telling what's going to happen next. Sybil was sleeping like a baby for the first time in a long time, when a loud racket caused her to jump out of bed. The house was shaking something fierce. It took her a few seconds to recollect where she was, but when she came around to her senses, she remembered she was in the house. Her fear edged back in as she tried to reason what she might need to do to get herself out of this predicament. It was the middle of the night, and the full moon was shining across the desk that sat in front of the window. It was cold in the house, far more cold than she knew it should be. Quieter than a mouse, she crawled over to the edge of the old wooden desk and peeked out the window. She saw it again. The monster, or whatever it was, it just looked horrible. It reminded her of a tall, lanky old man, the way it was all hunched over. Even hunched over, it stood well over six feet tall. It moved with an unnatural jitteriness that made her feel like she might vomit. One minute, it would be slowly walking away from the house, and suddenly the thing would shift and it would be back on the other side of the yard. Everything else about the wicked thing was off too. The head was smaller than a normal person's head, and the face, well, it was all pinched together into what looked like a raven's beak. All around its neck, she saw black oily feathers that were so disheveled that it looked like an old mangy dog. 
there was something made of feathers that might have been wings dangling lifelessly off its back, but they were so broken and ravaged that it looked like they were fixing to fall off at any time. The thing's eyes glowed a sickly yellow color that looked like evil itself. Ever so often, the thing would throw its monstrous head back and let out an ear-piercing screech that caused everything to shake. It was stomping around and throwing things at the house. Every time it would get close to the house, there'd be a brilliant electric blue light that would flash. Then there would be a high-pitched brassy swoosh, and the thing would be flung back to the edge of the tree line. Sybil could sense crackling energy all over the house. Now this went on for the better part of the night. She just kept staring out the window at the thing, knowing that eventually it would come in the house and that would be the end of her. Her legs were going numb from being in that squatting position and she thought they might just give out on her. She was terrified, but she didn't know what else to do. Silently, ever so carefully, she slid into the old wooden chair at the desk. It creaked a little, but there was nothing to be done about that. For just a moment, sitting at the desk, she seemed to be drawn back to a memory of an earlier time, a time when she was younger and still sitting at this very desk. And then the memory was gone, and she was looking at the thing stomping around and attacking the house over and over, it seemed with every attack the creature become madder and madder. The screeches become louder and louder until it seemed like they might shatter the glass in the window panes. Then all of a sudden, it stopped. She focused on the monster as it turned to face the window. It stared directly at her as if it could see deep into her soul. She heard an erratic series of clicks and wheezes, and then mysteriously... She heard the creature speaking in an indescribably dry voice, but it wasn't using words. It was in her head as if it were her own thoughts. She heard, Sybil Ashford, you vile abomination. I am wrath. I am come for you. I, Frock Crossel. Lord of the fifth circle of the void, have long been burdened with the task of the annihilation of your wretched breed. I, the chosen one, have been called to exterminate the Macquarie from their miserable existence. Being woefully bound to the oath of Godfrey Alastone, I am comfortably rich. Fear like nothing she had ever felt before, overwhelmed her. She didn't know what to do or say. The world around her was whirling out of control. She thought to herself, This has to be a dream. How does this monster know my name? Trembling, she tried thinking of something to do that would get her out of this mess, but it was like her mind was numb. She sat frozen, unable to move. Finally, tears streaming down her face, she yelled, what do you want with me? You've got the wrong person. I don't know anything about this Godfrey Allistone or whatever you called it. The Macquarie? Those words don't mean anything to me. I'm just a school teacher from Hemlock Holler. 
I don't even know how I got here. I don't know what I'm doing here. God, please help me. Your God isn't here now, witch. It doesn't matter what you know. It'll matter that you die. Growled the beast. As the beast began to attack the house again, Sybil was frozen. She began to see a series of strange symbols, as if they were etched into the fabric of the air around the house. And once again, that beast was flung into the tree line. As quick as lightning, it was back attacking the house, or, well, those symbols. With every slash of its talons, small pieces of the symbols were being torn away, and as they were, they burst into tiny little sparks like a field of fireflies. Over and over the attacks continued, and somehow she knew that when the symbols were gone, that thing would be able to come right on in. Hysterically, her mind whirled with thoughts, trying to come up with a plan, but how do you fight a demon? As the first of the symbols collapsed, the house shuddered and railed, throwing Sybil hard out of the chair and up against the wall as... She screamed in pain. As quickly as she could manage, she got to her feet and headed out of the bedroom door and down the creaky old stairs to the sitting parlor. She hunkered down in the corner just outside the master bedroom and began to pray with all her might. Oh God, Heavenly Father, please help me. I don't know what's going on or what I did to cause this demon to come after me, but it surely is going to kill me. I need your help. The air grew cold and the demon screeched loudly and howled with laughter. <laughs> Poor little Sybil doesn't want to play. I told you, your God isn't here. He doesn't care about filth like you. Suddenly, there was a loud pop and the room filled with the purple glow of electricity similar to the blue glow outside. There were symbols floating in the air, and Sybil felt very strange. She began to chant words she didn't know. She screamed in panic. Dispillery nokri! And everything seemed to slow down. There was a great sucking noise, and time seemed to return to normal. The blue and purple lights and the symbols were gone. The demon was gone. She felt drained. What is happening to me? Sybil said out loud. Was all of this a bad dream? She was so confused and tired, she couldn't remember a time when she had been so exhausted. She wanted to run upstairs and hide under the covers in her bedroom. She thought to herself, Why did I call it my bedroom? We are incredibly proud to announce that on Saturday, October 7th, 2023, we will be hosting the first ever Appalachian Horror Fest. The evening will be filled with spine-tingling tales from some of the best storytellers in the region, as well as some outstanding musical guests. We feel so lucky to be able to host this event in our hometown of Knoxville, Tennessee at Central Cinema, home of the Knoxville Horror Film Festival. The wonderful Natalia Smith will be headlining the festival, and the event will be held from 6 p.m. until 10 p.m. Admissions will be $25 for advanced tickets and $30 at the door. 
Our featured musician includes Knoxville local Locke Brown, South Carolina's own Jack Greer, and Cody Blackwell. Our storytellers will entertain you with tales from around the world and close to home. Gather up your friends, turn off your cell phone, and spend an evening relaxing with us listening to the spooky stories from world-class storytellers. Just so you know, seats are limited, so get your tickets early. Regrettably, the content of our evening of blood-curdling storytelling may include explicit language and thematic elements not suitable for all audiences. For those attending, discretion is advised. Only individuals 18 years of age and older may attend this event. People have told scary stories since the beginning of time, and the staff and family here at Ravensville Podcast have prioritized keeping that tradition alive by providing a platform for storytellers to spin their tales. So, family, to learn more about this special event, head over to ravensvale.com and click Horror Fest on the menu bar. On behalf of the entire Ravensville family, we can't wait to see you there. She started to slowly walk toward the stairs, and she heard an odd noise. Slowly, she looked around the corner, and standing in the kitchen was her Aunt Ruby B. Now, if you remember, Aunt Ruby B was married to the right Reverend Theodore Eugene Atwood, the pastor of the New Salem Missionary Baptist Church, located in Rogersville, Tennessee, about 40 miles from her home in Hemlock Holler. Aunt Ruby B was her mother's only sister. She was a voluptuous woman. Now, don't get me wrong, she weren't fat. She just had more curves where curves are supposed to be on a woman, and those curves were somewhat largely accentuated. Other women looked at her funny because I guess with the Great Depression going on, most ladies were pretty thin, but her curves were uh, what made the right Reverend Atwood take a second look at her and a third and a fourth. Her dark amber hair had a little gray streak in the front and was piled in a messy bun on top of her head, and her freckled face looked like it would be soft as a baby's bottom. In the past few years, she had developed a few little crow's feet around her eyes, but she still looked beautiful as ever. Aunt Ruby B was standing in a funny position and moving around, holding some kind of stick, looking like she was writing a message in the air. Sybil yelped as she took off toward her. Aunt Ruby B was just barely able to keep her balance as Sybil grabbed her in a big old bear hug and buried her face in the crook of her neck, sobbing. Aunt Ruby B gently stroked her hair, holding on to her tightly without saying a word. After the sobbing calmed down, Sybil took a much-needed deep breath, looked at her Aunt Ruby B, and said, Aunt Ruby B, what are you doing here? How did you get here? How did you find me? This place is crazy. I've been trapped here for days, and there's this demon. It says it wants to kill me, and I don't know what's going on. I don't know how I got here, and I'm so scared and confused and tired. Aunt Ruby B gently put her hands on each side of Sybil's cheeks and in a calm voice said, Shh, shh. You're safe now, child. I'm here to take you out of this place to somewhere safe. I'll explain everything when we get there, but you're going to have to trust me. We don't have long to do what we need to do. Sybil shook her head and said, Aunt Ruby B, I trust you. Please get me out of this place. 
Aunt Ruby B gently pulled away from Sybil and made a few more gestures with the stick she had in her hand, and then she reached out for Sybil's hand. Sybil took hold of her hand, and Aunt Ruby B said, Now, child, we're going to take a little trip. You cannot let go of my hand under any circumstances until I say you can. Do you understand what I am telling you, child? You can't let go. That would be really bad. And I can't let nothing happen to you. I promised your mama I'd watch over you. Sybil nodded her head yes, and Aunt Ruby B said, We are going to walk toward the front door, and you're going to feel like your stomach is full of butterflies. But I don't want you to worry. That's all normal. Understand? Again, Sybil nodded yes, and Aunt Ruby B nodded too, and said, Now remember, child, don't let go. One, two, three. And they started walking side by side towards the front door. Just as Ruby B had said, Sybil began to feel the stirrings of those butterflies, and then she felt something grab her and jerk her really hard through something. The next thing she knew, she was in a large room that had marble floors and tall ceilings. She didn't understand, and she looked around not understanding. Aunt Ribby B again put her hand softly on Sybil's face and said, Sybil, welcome to Ravensvale, child. Welcome home. Well, family, that's as far as we can get this evening. It's late. Y'all got to get up early in the morning to go to work. If you like what you've heard in this episode, make sure you tune in to our next episode and see what's going to happen to Miss Sybil. My, my, there sure is a lot going on, ain't there? Now, family, you adults have a few chores to do. If you haven't already, go on over to ravensvale.com and see about doing your chores on social media. Follow us on all the social media platforms that we've made available for you guys and tell your friends about us, won't you? And don't forget to check out the Appalachian Horror Fest. So until next time, family, see you soon. Raven's Veil is a production of Small Raven Media. Today's story was written and narrated by Ed Bolton Greer. The voice of Sybil was performed by Kristen Newby. The voice of Aunt Ruby B was performed by Lena Perkins. Vocal effects for Vrock Crossell was performed by Jared Bolton Greer. Audio engineering and sound design by Nick Devan at Nikki D Sound.